Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Charity work, the next C in the Inner Peace practice, and the last part of the second section, which is purification which goes with clean living and catharsis. I have Tina with me today. Hi, Tina. Hi. And what, you know, what would make charity work be purification? Like, it's selfless. Yeah, yeah, it's selfless. You'd be surprised at, as to how many people don't want to do charity work, you know. Um, and when I mean charity... The word charity, people think of uh, giving money when they hear charity. But the truth is, it just begins with a C, so I had to fit it in there. <laughs> but, you know, the proper term might be volunteer. Because, and that's why I keep the word work after charity. Charity work. Not just charity. There's some filthy rich guy right now in America who throws his money at all sorts of charities but doesn't do anything, you see? So not many will actually get their hands dirty, so to speak. A lot of these rich guys, they they just throw their money at things and it's still welcome. Like nonprofits need money, so in in that sense it's it's a good thing. But we're talking about inner peace here. We're not talking about what to do with your money. We're talking about inner peace. And part of the practice is doing the charity work. I once heard this story that Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, he, according to my understanding, he, he, he doesn't like getting his hands dirty. He just gives money. Bill Gates, on the other hand, he gets his hands dirty. He he goes out there, he goes to Africa, he goes to places, and he, you know, gets right in there. So much so that Warren Buffett gave him money. Warren Buffett donated money to Bill Gates' foundation because he was impressed on how Bill Gates and his wife do their foundation. At least he's honest, I guess. He's he's yeah. like, hey, I'm not a, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get my hands dirty. You yeah. do it. <laughs> but we have to get our, our hands dirty, so to speak. And uh, there's so many ways to do this. You can't get paid for it. And realistically, you can't get credit for it. For example, Keisha, who's not here for this episode, but Keisha worked hospice as a nurse I've worked hospice as a volunteer different ball game she's got more, way more responsibilities than I do I'm just there to you know make them smile and be their friend right and she had to do all the all this stuff but she got paid she got paid so I was hoping she'd be here because I wanted to ask her if 
if there was no paycheck, would she still work hospice? It's an interesting question. I once heard a master confront a priest and say, hey, if you didn't get a paycheck and you didn't get a house next to the church, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I heard. That's what I saw. So, well, we have to ask ourselves, would we do it if there was no money involved? If I didn't have to worry about money and I had nothing but time, I would do it all day. And so it's more it, rewarding than a job. It, right, right. Some people love to volunteer. You'll find people, especially when they're older and they retire. My mom does a lot of volunteering at like the senior center. She goes and helps the seniors like work the computers and everything. Um, some people like like charity work um, or volunteering. Um, the community emergency response team that I belong to. It's mostly old old folks, like 55 and up, on the verge of retiring or already retired. Is there's a lot of gray hair in the room, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of there, there's next to no 30 or 40 year olds. I'm like the only one, and but they, they love volunteering. They're committed. I they remember also have time. It has to do with time is a big factor too. But everyone really has time. It's just. People don't make the time. Oh, there was this one time where uh, we were having our picnic, and I couldn't make a meeting, talking about time. I couldn't make a meeting, so I wasn't able to put my little $5 in to contribute to the picnic. And one of the coordinators called me and was like, hey, can you meet me tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, and I met her. And I gave her the $5, and I shook her hand, and I said, man, you're committed. You just shook me down for $5. (laughs) (laughs) $5. Contribution for a picnic. And I'm like, wow. And that inspired me to have a conversation with her and, and get her story, you know. She's retired, and she has time on her hands. But that kind of commitment is inspiring. To see someone going all in. Um, But charity is an important thing, and we, you know, it contributes to, it contributes to melting our ego, dissolving our ego. And it's talked about quite often in ancient times. You know, Jesus talked about it. And he says, don't. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, don't brag about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, that's the hard part. With social media, everyone wants to hop online and say, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And what? what? See, that's what people think that we're doing at the gym when right. we post stuff, but we're posting stuff so that a charity gets money. Right. And that and that's that's the sort of the blurred line. Like even today, I put a post out for uh, the, my community emergency response team because they're recruiting for the next basic training 
in a few months and I I told the director I, yeah I'd be happy to promote that so I threw that out there so now I'm telling a bunch of people that I'm on this team I'm a volunteer but the post serves a purpose. I'm trying to get more people involved. A lot of people don't know what CERT is. They have no idea they even have one in their community, mm-hmm. right? Which, for anyone that doesn't know, it's community. It's for emergency prep, helping the town out. And But otherwise, I wouldn't even post it. So it's kind of like what you're saying with the gym. Mm-hmm. Some people are looking for, for that recognition. They, mm-hmm. they go do charity, and they post it, and it's just an interesting time that we live in because, of course, whoever's running the charity wants you to post it because they want more, they want more um, recognition. They want more shine. They, they want more people to know about their nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. But... So it's an interesting thing there, you know. The don't let your left hand know about what your right hand's doing thing, or vice versa. Is how do you even do that now? Mm-hmm. But there's there's other occasions where maybe maybe you're just going to the grocery market and you see a homeless person with a sign, and you throw them ten bucks. Do you hop on your Facebook and tell your, you know, do you tell your friends on Facebook that mm-hmm. you just gave a homeless man ten dollars i do that all the time and people are like why do you do that they're probably drug addicts I'm like, well, well that's it's not, none of your that's business not for me to decide <laughs> right right it's none of your business what they are it's the intention behind the action right yeah it's it's just social media has come in and kind of changed the game a little bit i've never once posted anything on social media about work in hospice care and maybe I will one day maybe there'll be a purpose behind it but right now there's no purpose the only reason why it's being talked about on this podcast is because it fits with the topics I'm sure Jesus would have been on Facebook if he was alive now <laughs> well masters <laughs> <His profile>. don't, <laughs> yeah ma- he would be but masters don't go on Facebook they have a team that does it for them even all the current masters they're not going to jump on there. No. When I met my uh, mentor, the mystic from the ashram, he didn't even have a cell phone. You know, I offered. I was like, man, you got to get out there, man. Let's do some YouTube videos. Let's get you a Facebook page. He's like, no. Hmm. I'm all good with that. Didn't understand it then. I understand it now. I mean, anyone listening to this, Take a week off from social media. Watch how good you feel. You'll see. You'll see. Because it stimulates your ego automatically. Automatically. And charity can melt it. It can start melting it. And sometimes it could be helping out a friend. A friend needs help to move. Or a family member needs help with this, help with that. Please, you know, watch my kid or... um, Can I get a ride? My car's in the shop. Stuff like that. I remember many years ago, I guess we'll use the word seeing. I was seeing this woman who, oh, we weren't in a serious relationship. We were 
you know. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't know what the term <laughs> is these days. But my uh, my car broke down, and I had no way to get to work, which at the time was the radio station. And she volunteered. She was like, I'll bring you. And I never forgot that because I really needed a ride. Broadcasting doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. <laughs> doesn't matter if there's a hurricane outside somebody needs to be on air mm-hmm. it's a crazy little business and so I never forgot that and I actually thanked her you know 15 years later I got together with her just randomly catch up type thing mm-hmm. I was like I still remember that thank you you know just little acts of kindness you know it's charity work volunteer work acts of kindness whatever you want to call it she didn't have to do that you know and there's many cases in my life your life anyone listening to this their lives they can think of somebody who did something for them these little acts of kindness generosity again we're just using the word charity because it's a c Mm-hmm. And we want them to be all C's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of my teachers and role models, Ram Das, interesting, interesting guy. When he switched over from being a, a Harvard professor to being this bodhisattva, if you will, this uh, giving teacher. And he had a bunch of nonprofit organizations. I mean, he was opening up nonprofits left and right. Some of them were kind of passed on to someone else, but it's just a lot of charity. A lot of charity, a lot of stuff. And uh, including working with hospice. That's what inspired me to get into it. What's more sobering than watching someone die there's nothing more sobering than that you know and so through him and uh, another individual named David Levine I learned all of this through their books and YouTube videos and you know how to die consciously and to help people It's an ego melter, <laughs> you know. It's very different than uh, posting on your Instagram and, you know, listening to some music that's going to make you daydream and dance. It's much different. I always throw those music things in, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when, uh, when Ram Das had his stroke later on in his 80s, and he needed help. Everyone stepped up to help him. Mm-hmm. And his friends would put out posts on Instagram. Oh, I don't even know if Instagram was around Facebook or whatever. Saying, you know, this guy's been given for 40 years. Let's help him mm-hmm. now. You know, and the money came flooding in. And, you know, he's got the care that he needs. Because he can't be alone. You know, he has, needs assistant living, you know. So I guess I guess it comes back around somehow, some way. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe it doesn't. Good karma. And maybe it doesn't. And that's just the way the uh, the cookie crumbles, as I say. You know, there's many times I've done seminars for free. You know, the last seminar was free, the inner mm-hmm. peace one. And that's what got me into the venue, the bridge. They're not used to people doing it for free. They're like, oh, they're expecting, you know, to work out a deal with admission. They're like, no, I want to do it for free. Like, oh, okay, cool. I'm doing it for free. You know, it's an interesting dynamic because some people don't take free serious. So some people will take it more serious if they put in, you know, 30 bucks or whatever it is. And now we have this nonprofit and we need money, right? We need money to operate and help people. Uh, help parents and teachers get more kids to eat more fruits and vegetables. So there needs to be money. And guess what? There's thousands upon thousands of nonprofit organizations out there, and they all need operation money, you know, costs to make things happen. And some of them are more well-off than others. I'm sure Make-A-Wish Foundation is doing just fine, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure the YMCA is doing just fine. These are nonprofit organizations, but you know, to anyone listening, you have nonprofit organizations in your community. Find them, seek them out, find something that resonates with you, help them. You don't have the money? Fine, volunteer. Volunteer. There's so many ways you can volunteer. Get involved with a local nonprofit organization. You can. Go do a soup kitchen. You can work with the homeless. You can work with animals. Uh, you said you, you did horses. Mm-hmm. Was it last year? You worked with the horses. Uh, go spend a Saturday. Go spend every Saturday. Whatever you can do. I like the community emergency response team, CERT, because emergency prep has always been one of my little things that I was interested in, you know. It's kind of an OCD thing. It's, mm. You know, I remember as a kid, <laughs> if the weatherman said a tornado may come, <laughs> man, I packed up a backpack. <laughs> I packed up a backpack, and I went down into the basement, really? and my parents were like, what are you doing? <laughs> you didn't take them with you? <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the tornado is not coming here. It's on the other side of the state. And I didn't, I was just, I always wanted to be prepared. And still to this day, you go in the trunk of my car, you'll find plenty of preparedness. (laughs) I'm ready for almost anything. And so when I found out that this CERT even existed, which is um, a subsidiary of FEMA, uh, I was all over it. I was all over it, and uh, I went right in in 2012, get the basic training, and now I'm a a volunteer servant of, you know, a town. It's not a ton of work. It's not a ton of time. The training was more time-consuming than the actual volunteering afterwards, Mm -hmm. but... 
people are scared of it. I tell my friends, hey, you know, you're from East Hartford. We're from East Hartford. We care about your town, right? You know, like, this is a good opportunity. But people don't bite because they're scared of losing their precious time. People are very scared of that. So I'm putting my story out there to hopefully inspire you, the listener, to find something, find something you're into. I was into emergency prep. That's what got me in the cert. If you like animals, there's got to be an animal mm-hmm. nonprofit near you, an organization, something. The one that I did was for draft horses, mm-hmm. and they had the one of the Budweiser horses that, you know, made Budweiser so much money by all their pictures and everything it did and then they just like dropped it off somewhere to be slaughtered for meat Mm. and they went and rescued it wow yeah stuff like that rescuing animals is a big thing i I would like to work with animal sanctuaries too Mm -hmm. um but yeah this year i chose hospice i already gave my reasons why Mm -hmm. um i'd like to go work with paul newman's Nonprofit on the other side of the state, working with ill, Ill kids. You know, we we. Uh, I don't know if I can do that. It, yeah, well, if you met a a, a six year old who only had six months to live, you wouldn't be able to handle that. Mm. No. Mm. No, I'd want to take them home and take care of them. I'd probably have like sixty kids in my house. <laughs> 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 yeah it's it's heartwarming stuff and you know uh, you see a lot of um, pro athlete teams and leagues do a lot of charity work mm-hmm. heart wrenching stuff the NFL the NBA the WWE does heart wrenching stuff they go into uh, they work hand-in-hand with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. They always have kids that are dying in the front row because their wish is to, like, come to the event, you know? Um, They even have a foundation called Connor's Cure, named after a kid, Connor, who who came. They brought him in the ring and everything, and, of course, he died, and now they have Connor's Cure. So, yeah, these, these athletes do some heart-wrenching stuff. Well, what about the musicians? They have no regulating, governing body. Who's going to make, uh, who's going to make Chris Brown go into a children's hospital? Who's going to make, um, you know, Justin Bieber work with, you know, rescue animals? They got to do it on their own. So don't we. And there's no governing body over us, the regular citizens of the society. Who's going to say, hey, go pick a charity. Go do some charity work. Nobody is. It's on you. We are. Yeah, we are right now. We're saying do that. It's part of the inner peace practice. It's part of purification. It's going to melt your ego. Give away your time. Give away your time. This is how you'll grow the flower of compassion. I had this one hospice 
kid who had uh, cerebral palsy. He can't talk well. You know, he can't move. He can only move his upper body, and even that, his hands shake, and um, it's hard to understand him. You know, and he's like, well, at first he's like, "Can you, can you pass me my coffee?" There was a little cup. I'm like, okay. So I'm not, you know, at first I'm just, I hand it to him. He grabs it. He's shaking mm-hmm. it and it's shaking all over his bed. Oh I'm like, no, no, my bad, my bad. You know, I wasn't <laughs> thinking, you know, I'm used to handing somebody mm-hmm. a cup. Oh, if they ask for a cup, you hand them a cup. <laughs> so, you know, I had to, I had to take it back and do my best to clean it up. And so, uh, the, the conversation isn't riveting because he can't really talk too well but then he looks at me and he says my mom died Mm -hmm. and he's like I'm really sad Mm -hmm. you know he he doesn't have the maturity of a 30 year old man he has the maturity of I don't know a kid he's 30? yeah he's been disabled his whole life Mm -hmm. he says "My, my mom died I'm sad and he's like, will you hold my hand? You know. So. Did he hold his hand? Yeah. What am I going to say? No? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is the stuff that melts you, you know. Yeah. For someone like me, too, who has, you know, been an egomaniac my whole life. To experience something like that is, you know, it's a melting experience. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to deal with these people and and to, um, yeah, in these situations, you know. So it's important to for people to be involved and, and get to the melting. Get your hands dirty. So we can purify ourselves. What type of charity do you think would be good for you? You already do cha- a little bit of charity because you help me out all the time. Hmm. Well, I do charity for a lot of people. Um, I like stuff with the animals because mm-hmm. I don't like people too much. But <laughs> I could probably do like old people. I like old people. I like hearing their stories. You want to do hospice? I'll hook you up. I'm watching them die. Well, you don't. You don't watch them die as they're dying. You're just there. I mean, they could die while you're there, but you know, you're there for. You know, to be their companion for however long. They could die on you. There was when I was going through the training. I was told of a story of a guy who lost his he lost his wife and the hospice nurses were so nice to his wife during the process that he became inspired. So now he wanted to be a volunteer. And he went through the training. It's a lot of training. It's, you know, and you, you got to go to the police office, uh, the police station, get your finger. It's a whole ordeal. They're not just going to take anybody. Mm-hmm. So then he does all that work. He goes to his first patient. The patient dies on him. 
first one. Mm. Wait, while he was with them? While he was with them. Wow. Second case, second patient, he walks in, they're dead. Oh, my God. And he didn't know. He thought they were sleeping. So oh. he's sitting there, like, talking. talking. Yeah. Right. So not a good experience for him. <laughs> no. And he went right back and said, this isn't for me. And, you know, he quit. But he had to go through that to know. Can't deal with kids. I can deal with any kind of death, but not kids' death. That one I can't do. So no Paul Newman's for you? Nah. It's really cool what he is doing, though. Yeah. Um, oh, there's so many charities out there. Again, you know, we formed this ego around... 13 years old it's formed and from there on out it's me 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 i i i i i your daughter is 12 you see it right mm-hmm. it's me 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 I, every now and again you get a oh you know she did this or <laughs> but a teenager is selfish very much so mm-hmm. very much so they're the only human beings on earth where a pimple could ruin their life. Mm-hmm. I got a pimple. I can't go to the prom. Mm-hmm. Like life is over, you know? Mm-hmm. It, everything's me, 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 me. And who can blame them? That's the way the society is. It's the way the family is. So we go from like all these years, all these years of me, 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 I, 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 I. And then, you know, we take that into our adulthood. Next thing you know, you're 35, and you know, you're, you're, you know, some people just aren't. They're crystallized. You know what I mean? Like, they're just crystallized. They're not who they think they really are. They think that they're the person they're posting pictures of on Instagram. <laughs> they think. They're the person that they're portraying. They're not. I put a post on my stories the other day that said, don't trust anyone that takes more than five selfies a year. (laughs) Guess you can't trust me then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, think about it. Think about it. I look at social media, Instagram and Facebook, like it's a um, a digital photo album that I can have forever. Cause I've always been big on pictures. I have like all my friends from high school and stuff. Like if they're like, right. oh, who's got a pic? Oh, Tina's sure. got it. Like I, I've always been big on keeping memories. Same here. So same here. That's how I, I yeah. look at it. Like that. It's like a storage spot for pictures. Or- organization. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between going to a a party and taking a bunch of pictures with friends and taking a random selfie at a random time. It's it's <laughs> it's completely different. Yeah. It's really different. If somebody took a picture of us um recording this podcast, that's not a selfie. That's a document, you know, the document photo. These girls out here are like thirsty 
for attention mm-hmm. is is quite frightening quite frightening and uh, you don't really recognize it until you start waking up then you you know really start recognizing it so yeah to the to the woman that's out there taking a selfie every day if not more multiple every day try doing some charity work this would be a fascinating study if somebody would do a study on it find five girls that take massive amounts of selfies put them in hospice care or animal shelter or soup kitchen whatever let them witnesses the bowels the the wretchedness of real life reality and see if the selfies go down and that would be an interesting study mm-hmm. be a psychological study I'd be willing to bet the selfies would go down mm-hmm. and they wouldn't even be aware why they're going down because I know with me and my transition you know it happened gradually I started getting turned off by the social media and gradually the pictures started fading the default picture started fading I remember you know in the mid to late 2000s I changed my default picture every week or every day you know now it's just one that just sits up there and most of the time it's not even me Uh, you know it's it's a hard thing to swallow the social media thing when you start melting and charity work is a way to do that the other thing is you know ashrams and monasteries if you go to an ashram or monastery you do work you do work on the campus it's part of the deal I mean you can go for a retreat of course you don't have to do any work but if you're living there Mm -hmm. you have to contribute you have to do your work for room and board just like if you you know if if you're uh, you know there's gonna I'm sure you ask of your daughter to do some things around the house or you will as she gets older you know okay your job is to take out the garbage or your job is to get the mail whatever it is right because kids need some responsibility Mm -hmm. that's what living in a community is all about so that's that's volunteer work in a way although it's a trade-off it's called seva they call it seva s-e-v-a the e's are pronounced like a seva is what it's called it's it's service it means service you do your service of course the military is also called service interesting isn't it Mm -hmm. in the western world service is military in the eastern world service is charity (laughs) or work on a monastery or ashram interesting interesting dynamic there but yeah, if you go into the military, there are a lot of benefits, but it's definitely a sacrifice. So that is sort of charity work in a way. That's why if uh, 
a military person you know gets recognized at a ball game or or the town you know gives them a little shindig or something you know people say thank you mm-hmm. they say thank you say thank you for your service right you know and, and the guy doesn't even need to be in battle he could have been the guy who fixes the motors on the planes hmm. at home <laughs> never seen bullets in his in his life outside of boot camp but he gets to thank you that's how America is set up it's structured in a way that military is like the highest service they also call politicians serving they, they use that term I served as a senator I served as mayor they got paid Right? Mm-hmm. Senators don't work for free. Mayors and governors don't work for free. Mm-hmm. They get paid. It's a career. I once, heard, I once heard Jesse Ventura say that. Jesse Ventura was the governor of Minnesota for four years back in the early 2000s. And I once heard him say in an interview recently, like over the last five years, he said something along the lines of, he says, I'm not a politician. Politicians are career people. He, he said he was, um, I forgot the term. He used the term, which means somebody that comes in to serve and then leaves. He's like, you can't call me a politician because I left. Hmm. I came in, I did my deed, and I'm done. I thought that was interesting. That was the first time I ever heard anyone say that. Mm-hmm. good point a politician keeps going they're mayor they work their way up to governor then they work their way up to senator and then they're running for office they're running for president Mm -hmm. right and even though they got no chance to win they're getting all that shine for all those months Mm -hmm. and they're raising a ton of money all money that could go to nonprofit organizations All money that could go to helping animals or children or what we're doing with Sunlight Sunny, stuff like that. All for government. Interesting dynamic. Is it charity work? No, it's not charity work. I don't think I don't think it's charity work if you're getting paid. You can't get paid. You gotta do it for nothing. You gotta volunteer your time. You gotta volunteer your hands. You gotta volunteer your mind. You gotta volunteer your body. You gotta be there to do it, to get it done. Can't get a salary and call it charity or volunteer work or think you're doing a good deed. And don't get me wrong, some people have jobs that are very fulfilling and they're, oh, I love my job. I get to help people, blah, blah, blah. When I was taking clients, I was helping people with their health. But I was getting paid, right? There was there was an exchange. You pay me, I help you. And there were times when I helped people out. Because when somebody says, I don't have the money, but, you know, I'm really sick, you want to help them out. So you take charity cases, so to speak. I've taken on a few for sure. That's the dynamic of living in the society is you 
have to make money to pay your bills, according, you know, that's what they say anyway. So people get wrapped up in that, and they forget to do charity work on the side. So that's what we need. We need more charity work to purify ourselves, to melt our ego. The three C's that are underneath the purification section, again, are clean living, catharsis, and charity work. Those three things, you do the, implement those three things into your life, and your ego will start melting away, start melting away. And you just keep doing them and doing them. Now the next section is love. And love has three C's as well. So there are nine C's total now. So for anyone that heard me say seven C's a bunch of times, there are now nine. It's not my fault. I'm not writing this. I just open up the whiteboard, I just and it just happens. And sometimes little downloads come and it's just like phew, and I'm like, whoa. So it's right in itself. The book is being written right now. The seminar plus these podcast episodes are writing the book. And ultimately, a book is what stands the test of time. No matter how digital we get, people still mess with books, mm -hmm. real books that they have in their hand. Mm -hmm. And I want to make this book small, like a, they can put it in their back pocket. That's really how I see it, as a little guide. And then this podcast will expand on everything. So there's three sections to the inner peace practice. There's meditation, there's purification, and there's love. And each section has three C's. It's very easy to remember. And then after you remember, you need to understand. And then after you understand, you need to practice. Memorize, understand, practice. And then you put them in the practice, and the magic will happen. So on the next episode, we will start love. And we will talk about those three C's. And I think that you will like them. I think this is right up your alley. You didn't like love, love. You didn't like clean living. <laughs> no. I just don't want you taking my music. <laughs> and the meditation section is sometimes challenging for people to understand. The conscious eye, the centered mind, confinement. But it's important. Meditation is your inner life. Love is your outer life. Purification is the process to clean yourself so that you can live both. If you're interested in learning more, be sure to go to drreese.com. That's doctor spelled out. Share. Share if you care. Subscribe. We're on all podcast uh, platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. I don't know the rest of the names, but <laughs> we're there. And uh, go get yourself some charity work. Go find something. Do something that touches your heart and that will 
help you stop being selfish and self-centered and start melting a little bit. It's good for you. Have a melting on me. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.